The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Thursday, March 30th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome rising adult star with a lot of buzz, sensual artist, Bobby Gray. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. Of course, man. I feel like this is a long time coming. We connected around a time when I was like in the middle of a longer than anticipated hiatus from doing podcast recordings. But uh, once I started these again, I was like, we have to do an interview. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, when I uh, when I was getting back in, because I also took a took a break, took a hiatus, and um, so when I started like you know reposting, reactivating everything, and I came across one of the tweets that I saw where you were asking like you know who should I interview next, I I had to reach out to you. Perfect. I'm glad we're making this happen. This is going to be awesome. So uh, typically, I like to start off these interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. What's your height and weight? I'm six feet tall and 170 pounds. What's your ethnic background? Great question. I am, I guess you would call it biracial, ethnically ambiguous. So my biological father, um, who I never met, he was a uh, African-American man from New York. My mother, a uh, Jamaican woman, um, and her side of the family is very mixed. Uh, her grandmother came, her grandmother's side of the family came from the UK and Germany, and her father's side of the family came from India, Persia, and places like that. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit of everything. I love it. A melting pot, all in Bobby Gray. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. What's your zodiac sign? Uh, so I'm a Libra Sun, Taurus Moon, Gemini Rising, Sagittarius Descending. I think my, if I'm not mistaken, my Leo is my North Node, and Aquarius is my South Node. Oh, you know that fancy shit when it comes to the zodiac <laughs> sign. No, I appreciate it because some of the listeners are probably riveted by what you just said. I have no idea what any of that means. Um, I just know I'm a Gemini. I probably should actually start looking up the rest of it because then it might completely uh, decipher the mystery that is me. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'm going to do that just because of Bobby Gray. I'm going to look up the rest. I like it. And how old are you? I'm 42, and I'll be 43 years old in September. All right. Let's get to know a bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? Originally from? Uh, I was born in Bronx, New York, so lived in New York until I was about 11 and a half. I lived in the Bronx with the Yonkers, and then finished up junior high through college in Delaware. What was young Bobby Gray like? What were you like, or what was life like? growing up it was uh it was interesting it was um you know i was raised by a single mother um uh it was just me and her for the first 11 11 and a half years of my life uh and then my younger brother came along different fathers of course um his father's a great awesome guy um but yeah we were raised by a single mother and 
It was, you know, it, it was a, it was an interesting time. It was the 1980s. I, I'm an 80s baby, so I was born in 1980, and you know, living in New York at that time was was beautiful. That was a melting pot. I guess that kind of fits in as far as like who I am in a sense. You know, part of me um, being uh, so racially diverse, and so growing up there, um, that helped to create my personality, uh, help mold it. So I was, I, I was always a bit introverted, extroverted, kind of like a lone wolf um, mentality. I can socialize, but I, I also love like my alone time. So, you know, as a kid, I was always curious. I was always going out to like, you know, run to the park, run to the woods, um, discovering stuff, you know, whether it's with friends or by myself. Um, very visual in an artistic sense where like I would just I always enjoyed like Saturday mornings I was always excited to get up and um, you know throw on the TV and see like you know G.I. Joe Transformers um, uh, all the classic cartoons and Disney shows and all that stuff you know westerns so whatever it was where I could kind of um, escape into that artistic type of realm per se uh, and it just spoke to my spoke to my spirit. And same thing with music. When it comes to music, I'm I've always been very eclectic to where uh, I can listen to anything as long as it, it touches my soul. Whether it's workout music or something that's more meditative or something that'll make me want to dance or just something that just makes me want to like think about social, you know, injustice or anything that's going on in the world, good or bad. And um, but yeah, that's how I was as a as a kid. I was just always, uh, you know, reading my 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 comic books, or I was hanging out with friends, or I would just be alone and just you know with my thoughts, staring up at the sky, going for walks through the fog, in the fog of New York, um, hanging out at the park, just kind of uh, zoning out, daydreaming about all these potential things of what the world was going to be when I grew up and what I was going to be doing, and you know. So many things like that. So, yeah, definitely a very uh, inquisitive kid. Now, let's discuss what was going on with your life prior to entering the adult industry. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like I was saying earlier, lived in New York, then moved to Delaware. Um, that was actually a, a hidden gem for for me because um, we had visited the summer prior, so we moved there in '92. Uh, and ever since, you know, from the time I was there until I left for the Army, uh, Delaware was uh, really spoke to myself. It was like a, it spoke to more of the introverted side of me. I had friends there, of course, but um, it gave me, I guess, kind of like that sanctuary space that I needed um, to, to really think about things. And when I was in Delaware, that's when I was looking at, even though I got my degree in criminal justice, and I was looking at, you know, maybe go be a cop or go military, which is what I did, um, I was also thinking of, you know, acting because I had gotten like an acting bug back when I was in junior high and then again in college. And so it was just something there that was calling me. And so when I was, I think, 19 or 20, um, I really, at that time, of course, was interested in adult entertainment as well. Um, and of course, like any kid back then, <laughs> you know, we had the, uh, you know, whether it's the parents or whoever it was, like, you know, somebody, somebody, you know, like a friend's house we go and like their parents had it, but somebody had porn, whether it was magazines or whether it was um, the, uh, the pay-per-view channels, um, like, 
um, child number, like Playboy, of course, Wicked Entertainment, uh, things like that. And sometimes it would have like the the, the messed up TV screen uh, where you couldn't read, like you know, it didn't yes, the scrambled. Like... <laughs> so, yes, so, you know, if you know, are either a millennial or a Generation X of a certain age, you know about the scrambled channels. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, there are times like, uh, you know, if I was there by myself, you know, I'd be like messing with the antennas. And then, of course, you know, we had friends that would watch with me. You know, we wouldn't do anything. We just like we watched because we were just so, how can I say, because we were so enamored. It was so different then because now, I mean, you just jump on your phone, jump on anywhere, and it's all over the place. Whereas back then it was, it was like a, it was almost like a luxury that you could actually see into that world. Um, and so I would, you know, when I got the opportunity, when it was unscrambled at times, when you got the antenna just right and the screen got clear, you know, and I'm seeing Gina Fine, and I'm like, who is this? Like, she is absolutely stunning. And I see Raylene, and I see Charlie, and I see um, Cassidy Ray, Paisley Adams. Um, and the list goes on and on. And, of course, you know, Stephen St. Croix, Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, so I see all these people. Yeah, Stone, all those course, legends. You know, yeah, yeah. And so I see all these people and then of course uh you know, then that, that really builds on my, my mentality, like what is this? What is this world? And um HBO had a thing called Real Sex. And yes. So there are times like late at <laughs> Real that. Sex, the taxi cab confessions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, when people had VHSs and stuff like that, so I would sneak and, you know, get videos and watch them like when 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 people would like go outside and go like for i don't know a walk or they go grocery shopping leave me home alone and so for me it wasn't like how when people talk about porn now and, and, I, and i get it how um we're so saturated with so much out there it's crazy and it's hard for you know parents and stuff to to really have a grip on a lot of things what their kids are watching so i get that piece but back then it was different because again it was so hidden and the digital era that we live in then was at the crawl phase basically so I kind of had a I guess you could say it was like a, um, it was a safe space where I wasn't um, influenced to do anything wrong or think that women were like one way you know I was raised by a woman so I was I was obviously taught you know to respect them and be a respectful person and be a gentleman all the time. But when I saw this, I, I just saw something different. And that added to my interest in the arts um, and entertainment. So fast forward now, 19, 20-ish, living in Delaware. And I just said, you know what, let me, uh, let me, let me see if I can find somebody I can, I can talk to, somebody that maybe, you know, um, if it sounds good, if it, if it seems good, then you know, maybe I'll I'll go on this path early and expect it. So back then, I'm like scanning through the internet. I'm going through. I think at that time it was adultstaffing.com, and I found somebody. They were in New York, and looked at their site. You know, credible person, photographer, all that stuff. And so we connected, and I said, "Hey, you know, I got family up there. Someone to come up there for the summer or whatever. I'll stop by when I have a chance and visit you, and we can talk." He said, "Sure." So I went over. This was like in Brooklyn, I'm like I said, 1920, and we're talking, 
taking pictures, nothing, nothing crazy happened. But I remember he was telling me, he said, hey, he said, and, and mind you, this is the late 90s going into early 2000s, and he said, hey, just so you know, um, he said, you know, you're a good-looking young guy. Um, he said, yeah, I can definitely see you, you know, on screen with these beautiful women. He said, I'm not going to lie to you. He said, because um, he was asking me questions. He's like, hey, you know, has anybody else, like, have you talked to anybody else? Has anybody else, like, really given you any um, advice and stuff? And I said, I said, you're the first one I connected with. And he said, um, he said, all right, so, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. So was, as a single guy, he goes, there's only a few ways you can do the business. He said, either one, you got to be hung to your ankles. He said, you got a good package on you, but you got to be, like, hung down to your, you know, past your knees down there. Or you have to be uh, coming into the business with a female, like she has to bring you in. Or number three, you have to do gay for pay. Um, and then you can cross over. And so when he was telling me that, it kind of, you know, um, put a damper <laughs> on, on what I was hoping uh, um, would come out of the, the, the connection and the conversation. But I thanked him for his honesty, and I said, well, then I'm not going to be able to go forward, you know, because he was ready to sign me right then and there, but he was telling me, he said, you know, um, and I think there was like a fourth option. He was like, well, other than that, then, you know, if you if you do, you know, come into the business then, and you choose not to do the gay for pay, he said, then at the very least you'll have to, you know, have sex with one of like the male directors, producers off camera or something like that. And I was like, uh, you know can't do that. So, um, so he said, Hey, not a problem. He says, Hey man, you know, if, if you ever change your mind, let me know, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll guide you through the business and I'll take care of you and da da da. I said, I appreciate it. And so because of that, you know, and like I said, it wasn't a bad experience. It was just based off what he told me. And he was the only person I talked to that was in the business. It made me just say, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I went, you know, finished up college, was doing Army ROTC, and like I said, eventually went to Army after college, uh, did that for 11 and a half years, but I always had it in the back of my, of my, of my mind, it just kept calling me. So for 11 and a half years, you know, I'm, I'm going through the military, I'm going through two marriages, uh, and then the first marriage, two boys, the second marriage, no, no kids. Um... And I'm really trying to be Mr. Square, you know, Mr. Government, husband, and all that stuff. And anytime the voice of porn, the voice of adult entertainment, you know, is is uh, speaking to me, so to speak, you know, uh, I think something is wrong with me. I'm like, no, no, this is wrong, you know. Because, again, I grew up um, the, uh, what you call it? the religious aspect that I grew up, I grew up a Christian non-denominational. Um, my mom grew up Roman Catholic in her family. And it was weird because as time went on as a kid, she would, you know, I mean, she would drag me to church and stuff like that. And I was very thankful for that because um, even though times have changed, you know, I, I look back on it with fond memories because she gave it to you know, and she was doing what she thought was the correct way and things of that nature. Um, being a being a mother, being a, a parent with, you know, two young boys. Um, and eventually she started becoming more spiritual and I followed after that. And that spirituality is what I think kind of brought me back full circle into um, pornography because I started to really see the beauty of it and I started to see the beauty of it within myself. And I stopped questioning myself and I stopped guilt tripping myself um, 
and I just stopped following and listening to, you know, religious, and nothing against religious people, but just certain folks in certain circles, whether it be religious or political, that in my opinion were very ignorant or would put like a blanket statement um, on porn uh, and, and just assume that all people in that field, in that profession, are, you know, predators or horrible people. I mean, and you have horrible people everywhere, don't get me wrong, but I've met some wonderful people um, in this business since I've been in. And so, you know, so now fast forward again, um, I get out of the military, I'm leaving South Korea, finishing up my time there. I was doing acting and modeling out there. I had met my now second ex-wife, <laughs> met her out there. And then we went to um, uh, Los Angeles. And she was helping me with my mainstream acting stuff. And of course, Los Angeles is one of the hubs and one of the meccas for not just mainstream entertainment, but also adult entertainment. And um, in 2015, because I got out of the military, I went in the military in 2003, I got out 2014, and then we went to L.A. the end of 2014, and I think it was either, I think it was 2015, I believe, I could be wrong, either 2015 or 2016, that there's a thing called Porn Talk, um, and I saw that being advertised on this, um, this uh, community site called FetLife. And I saw it in the set on there. When I clicked the link, it said, um, Asa Kura and Joanna Angel will be at Porn Talk such as today for the time. Tickets were, I think, 15 or $20, da, da, da. So I immediately bought my ticket, and I saved the date and everything. I got there. I mean, I sat at the front. I was super excited. And, and there they were on, on, the, um, on the stage sitting at the table, and it was Asar Kura and Joanna Angel, and they were talking about how they got in and all sort of stuff. And one of the things that struck me, besides, of course, how ridiculously beautiful they both are, um, it was Joanna Angel. It was part of her story. She said something that still sticks with me to this day because I've actually kind of gone through it. Something similar to that. She said when she first started, she was in the business, and you know, she, she did everything that she thought she was supposed to do, you know, of course, which is like being professional, you know, not having, you know, diva mentality, being respectful on and off camera, and all that stuff, right? And so she does all that. So as time goes on now, she came up with the concept of burning Asia. And she said that she was pitching this to people that she, that she thought now, okay, hey, I've been so loyal to these people, I've been so friendly and helpful and professional to all these people, they're going to, you know, they're either going to encourage me or they're going to, you know, want to jump on board with this burning angel idea. And she said it shocked her and it even hurt her when so many of the people that she kind of was, was hoping would, you know, would be there for her, like basically either told her that was a dumb idea. She said one person looked at her and basically said, you know, nobody's going to, you know, pay to watch, you know, a bunch of goth chicks getting fucked. And, you know, when she said that, like, my jaw damn it dropped. I was like, who was the genius that said that? Because <laughs> I'm like, obviously, you know, the person wasn't really paying attention to porn, you know, um, and, 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 uh, and, you know, seeing it from the way she was looking at it, you know, she wasn't just looking at it, like, with visors on. She was looking at it from every angle, from, from the aerial view and everything. You know, she was looking at it from a business 
mindset. And so she said, you know, she had to just go on that, that path, that journey on her own and find those small groups of people that would actually, you know, um, want to jump on board and, and be there uh, for that ride with her. Um, and I was so thankful that I got to, to be there because that, to me, was the beginning. Of, and I didn't realize it then because, again, like I said, I was in my second marriage. Um, we were going through things there. Um, and then, of course, I wasn't living close to my two boys at the time. Um, so I was in a completely different state than they were. So a lot of stuff was going on. And I remember I went to XBiz um, 2016 and 2017. And I went to those. Again, I got to see Joanna Angel. Um, I got to take pictures with her and talk with her. I got to tell her thank you for, for, for sharing her story. Um, uh, and, you know, and met a lot of cool people, um, Shawn Michaels, Evan Stone, and so forth. And the funny thing was, the same, um, the same, uh, I guess you could say, uh, advice that I had gotten back when I was 19 and 20 when I talked to that gentleman in New York, it was the same advice that I got from an agent. And I'm not going to I don't, I don't know the guy's name, and I wouldn't put his name out there like that anyway. But he's an agent of a top star in the business, in the, in the adult entertainment business. And I remember when I was at XBiz, and I was just, you know, schmoozing and mingling and talking to folks. And, you know, and at the time, at that time, I didn't have the plan of immediately jumping into business because I was still doing short films. I was getting booked for commercials. I was doing auditions. So I was still on the mainstream side. But I, I did want to at least do something behind the camera. You know, I, I even, when I talked to folks when I was there, and they were like, oh, you know, do you want to come do porn? And I said, well, not right now, not immediately. I said, if anything, I said, I'd love to just be behind the camera. I said, if you guys got, like, a part-time job, I mean, shit, I said, I'll be your personal assistant. I'll go run and get your coffee. You know, I'll do the calendar. I'll set up the meetings. I said, I don't give a shit what it is. I said, you don't need anything told on. I said, you don't have to pay me. I said, you know, I'll go do Uber, whatever. That's how much I was really serious about it was, like, you don't even have to pay me. Like, and I don't even have to, you know, I'm not one of you guys coming in, like, okay, I need to be in front of the camera. I'm like, I'll be behind the camera. I don't give a shit. Um, and uh, I remember some of these people were so surprised. <laughs> they were kind of shocked. They were like, oh, shit, you know, you're not trying to, like, get something from anybody. You're not trying to just walk into the business, you know. You're just, you actually want to, like, earn the stripes. And so uh, what I did was, as I was talking with folks, there was a, um, I'm trying to remember, there was a, uh, I was talking to one of the performers, and when I was telling him all this, he walked me over to that agent who was one of the uh, uh, agents that was, uh, ooh, sorry, who was an agent for one of the top performers in the business at, at the time. And so he walked me over. He introduced me to him. We are chatting it up. And, you know, and, uh, and when, they, when they introduced me to him, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, he's looking to, you know, come into the business. And they walked off. So it was just me and the agent talking. And, you know, he was, you know, good energy and everything. He's like, oh, you know, you want to come to the business? And I said the same thing. I said, yes, sir. You know, I said, but I'm not looking to, you know, just try to walk in and kind of act like I'm a star right now. 
I said, I just like to kind of, you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy I want to earn my stripes. So I'll gladly work behind the camera. So I'm still doing some mainstream stuff. So I'm really just, I like to learn the business now. And then down the road, you know, if and when I actually do make that decision to fully commit, there's things that, you know, that won't be like a big obstacle for me. There's, there's things that I'll, I'll, I'll have kind of like advanced knowledge on. And, you know, doing that, um, you know, I'll gladly, like, you know, like I said earlier, I'll gladly be personal assistant, you know, run and do the menial tasks and stuff like that. And so he said, ah, you know, um, he says, you know, we don't have any, anything like that available, which to me wasn't, and I don't want to say he was a liar, <laughs> but I knew it wasn't 100% true because at that same, around that same week or so, join the angel, um, I think it was, I think it was after the corn talk, Joanna Angel, when I went up and spoke to her, and I guess she just loved my energy, she invited me to the premiere of one of the movies, one of her new movies that were uh, just coming out at the time, and I was watching the movie. I watched it from beginning to end. I was like one of the few people that actually sat there and watched the entire movie. It was like at a bar, and several of the performers, the male and the men and the women, I went to them individually. And I, and, I, and I congratulated them on the film and how great it was and their, and not just, you know, not just the physical part of them being intimate, but also their, their acting and stuff. And, um, and they were just shocked. They were just like, holy crap. <laughs> uh, and then I'd ask questions like, hey, who's, who's the background people? Who's this? Who's that? And that's when they were, you know, because I was getting information. And they were like, oh, um, that was just some friends that we put in. So when I, when I heard that, I felt like, okay, that's my that's my opportunity because here I am taking acting classes, here I am doing auditions, booking jobs, and all sorts of stuff. And because I cared about their art and their stories, even though people will say, "Oh, it's porn, nobody's gonna watch it," blah blah blah, they're just gonna fast forward, you know, to the to the sex scene. That's not necessarily true for everybody. And even if you say it is a hundred percent true, you still see companies putting together series, putting together their sitcom parodies, putting together movies and stuff like that. You know, I mean, AVN even has their award shows. You know, AVNX does have their award shows for, you know, best actors and things of that nature. And um, so I looked at it like, well, somebody obviously is taking it that serious to where they're still, you know, putting in scripts and things like that and putting in background actors. So I had gone to that, when, I, when they had introduced me to that agent, I brought that up because he was actually at the premiere because I remember seeing him there. And so I had brought it up to him. I said, Hey, you know, I saw the background actors and I'm like, look, I said, I said, even something like that. I said, again, you don't have to pay me. I said, just throw me in there and you just tell me to act and I'll act and I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I just want the opportunity, you know? And so, you know, uh, in, in, in a professional, nice way, he was just like, nah, you know, we don't have anything available like that, but if you want to get in, and he gave me the same spiel that the guy years and years prior had given me. So I was like, okay, all right, you know, and I appreciated him for his time. And, and mind you, this was 2016. So, 2016, yeah, 2015, 2016. So I didn't really know then what, you know, several, a few years later I would realize as far as, you know, with, Twitter and with all these different social media apps, especially Twitter, um, 
and you know Pornhub and I mean I knew of the existence but I didn't really know how to use them and I'm still even now even after three years I'm still learning really how to you know because everything's changing every 15 seconds so I'm always learning like the, the new ways of advertising marketing and so on and so forth so I didn't realize then that I could have just you know I could have just jumped on Twitter created an account and then really took the time to just look at all these different agencies like Fox Modeling, ATM LA. And at the time, I could have just reached out to them, you know, figured out, okay, where do I go get my testing for my lab? Okay, TTS, got it. All right, boom. And then what's, what's the booking fee for, you know, uh, this talent, that talent? And then I could have just started shooting my stuff way back then. But again, the people that had the knowledge, some of them, didn't for whatever reason care to tell me. And I don't hold it against anybody because I think that from what I was told back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and then what I was told again back in 2015, 2016, I think that certain people were still people that had grown up in the business, so to speak, um, back in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. You know, it, it was a, it was a different it was different. And I've, I've even come across people who I can even see now who still hold on to that and that type of mindset. Um, so that's why I was saying earlier that with Joanna Angel, with that story that she put out about herself, that, that part that she shared with us, I remember it because I had gone through something a little bit similar where I was in the gangbang school um, for Tadpole X Studio. Um, and I'll get to him as well. Great guy. He got me, actually, he gave me my first opportunity. Uh, or he was one of the ones that gave my first opportunities in the business. And then Spike Irons from Yummy Girl Photography, he also gave me an opportunity. But I was doing a gangbang scene, um, I think it was either early last year, I think it was early 2022. And and I've always had fun with, with Tadpole and at, at, at his, uh, his um, project. But I'm more of a one-on-one guy. I just, you know, I just love that intimacy. I love that sensuality. It's just I, I realized that like that's my lane when it comes to porn. Um, but Tadpole, <laughs> he loves my energy. You know, he just loves how much of a gentleman I am. Of course, he loves you know my look and everything like that. So, you know, when he gets the opportunity to to shoot me with you know these other beautiful women, he enjoys that. So there was so one of the last times that I worked with him um, in one of his projects. I was working with, uh, it was a whole bunch of guys there, but it was with um, Sarah Arabic, I think. She keeps like, she has, not keeps changing her name, but she had changed her name a couple times. It was either Arabic Slave Girl or Sarah Arabic. Uh, Rebel Rider was there, Anastasia Rose. Um, I don't know who else, if I'm missing anybody. I think, oh, Mrs. Dawson was there. So, you know, we were having a good time, and because I'm very sensual. Again, and that's the thing about me. I am—I never hide that from anybody. Of course, you point that out when you're introducing me. You know, I'm, I'm sensual, um, and I believe that, like anything, there's always a balance. And when you look at the entertainment as far as the adult side, you can compare it to music. You can compare it to mainstream acting. You have a variety. You have hip hop, rock country when it comes to music, pop, R&B, all that stuff. And even within those different genres and categories, there's different types of rock, you know, punk and death metal. There's different types of hip-hop. 
there's different types of R&B. I mean, they're different artists. And same thing with mainstream acting. You've got your Denzels, you've got your Leonardo DiCaprio, you've got your Jim Carrey, you know, it, it just, you know, your, your, your Zac Efron. I mean, the list goes on and on. And so, like I said, I come to realize that some people can't really see it that way. You know, they, they see it how they've been doing it or how they have, have come up in the business. And so I was doing things, um, and, you know, I was with Anastasia Rose, Rebel Rider, and so forth. So I was finishing up the scene now with, because I think all the other guys had already, like, you know, they finished up and came and all that stuff. So I was with um, uh, Arabic Slave Girl. And, you know, with me and her, because the energy, the connection, the attraction, you know, that's also something that gets me going, that just really, you know, um, uh, does it for me. And so we were reciprocating that energy between each other. Everybody's, like, watching us, basically. And then as I'm finishing up, as we're finishing up, I should say, uh, one of the people in the, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the group was like, ah, there goes Bobby being, you know, Mr. Honeymoon again. And I didn't, you know, I, I just started laughing. We all laughed. And I left it at that. But people kept coming back to me months and months later, like, hey, Bobby, did that offend you? Did that offend you? And I'm like, no. You know, and I didn't realize that it bothered that person the one that made the comment. Um, to the point to where he actually messaged me uh, after that and just said, hey, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't mean anything by it, but just let you know this is how porn is. You know, it's got to be this way, especially gangbang scenes and da-da-da. And I, you know, messaged him back and appreciate your thoughts on that, and I completely understand where you're coming from. And maybe, you know, maybe it's just that I don't belong in those type of, you know, maybe maybe like a reverse gangbang or something like that. But um, you know, I've I've realized I am who I am, and that's what works for me, and that's what the women love, and that's what um, the, the people who come across Bobby Gray uh, and the ones who like become fans and, and enjoy what I do, that's what they love. And I don't want to change that to now try to fit something, especially to try to fit into a a certain group that really didn't care to, to help me get into the business anyway. Um, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I came in with open heart and everything, and there were some people that basically just kind of shut the door in my face. Um, so why would I now conform when, when being myself is what actually got me into the business? And, you know, so that has been an interesting, <laughs> interesting uh, journey um, in and of itself. And uh, I took a break a, a few times, um, and they were all for personal reasons. Um, well, personal, and then one was kind of professional because all these job offers I got outside of um, porn. And um, so I had, you know, entertained all those different things at certain times. So that's why, you know, if you had looked on Twitter, you know, you probably didn't see me, you know, probably I was probably like gone for a while. And that's, those are the reasons, uh, relationships, um, job opportunities, things of that nature. Uh, so I've just come to a realization that what I'm doing and where I'm at is absolutely beautiful. 
I'm at a beautiful state of mind right now. You know, my kids are healthy. My kids are doing great. You know, my younger brother, he's doing awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm loving life. And so if it means that I had to reset and, you know, kind of rebuild, that's completely fine because at least I'm learning all of that stuff now uh, in the early phases of my career instead of later down the road. Absolutely, yeah, that makes sense. I'm really glad that you expressed what you were being told versus the reality. Because I'll be honest, had you right. just sort of stuck with saying, this is what they said, and this is how it is, I would have corrected a little bit. Just because, I mean, I've been doing these interviews for a moment, and I always ask a performer how they get in the business. And while, yes, I have heard what you've said before by some people that they get told, you know, you either have to go this route, you either have to go that route. Um, I, I do think there is still a little bit of validity to the fact that if you enter with a female or if you have a connection with a female performer, it is easier. But the rest of the stuff that you said is not factually accurate. I mean, it's stuff that was maybe accurate in the late 80s, early 90s, but it has not been factually accurate for, I can now say, decades. Like, you don't have to start off in gay porn to be a straight porn star. Like, that that's just, it's not real. Uh, you know, if you are bisexual and you would like to, more than, you know, they're more than happy to take you on. But uh, that's, right. that is not something that is at all real in the year 2023 in the porn industry. Um, I mean, pretty much now, I think it's even easier now in a sense, because if you become a content creator and you just start shooting your own stuff and you become incredibly popular, you do start catching the eyes of, um, you know, the major websites and, you know, the major porn girls and all that kind of stuff. So uh, right. there is, uh, in, in a weird way, even though there are a lot more performers now, so it, it veers on, is there oversaturation? But because there are more performers, and to be quite honest, a lot of porn is being shot. I mean, there are really good opportunities for people out there, and, and which, you know, a lot of people realize that during uh, the quarantine section of the pandemic, which is why, you know, OnlyFans surged the way it did. No, you're exactly right. And um, and the uh, the question that you had earlier about, like, how I got in um, – so I haven't forgotten that. I'll, I'll definitely get into that once you uh, once you're ready for me to to get into that. But I just wanted to just add on real quick that um, I mean you're spot on. You hit it on the head. Where like nowadays, even though it's so super saturated with tons of performances out there, that's the beauty of it because it has literally like COVID. What COVID did was um, it sped up a certain process. Like certain things, like for example, porn. You know people were probably thinking, okay, maybe another five years, it'll get to the point to where there'll be a whole bunch of content creators to where you don't necessarily have to wait on studios, you don't have to wait on so-and-so. You can just do it yourself, basically, and contact the agencies, book the talent yourself, and go shoot, um, or connect, make friends, whatever, and, you know, do content trade. But with, like you said, like with COVID, because it just, it just brought a shock to the system, and like overnight things just changed to where 
people were like, I'm not waiting on anything. I've got bills to pay. You know, I've got dreams that I want to accomplish. Whatever the case may be, I'm going for it. And that's what happened. Absolutely. And I think what people need to realize is that, yes, there are a lot of performers out there right now. But everybody has their own fan base. And not everybody does the exact same thing. You know, I, th- I feel like there's room for everyone. That's at least just my opinion. So, yes, I, I do want to discuss how you got into the business. Let's talk about it because now we've discussed sort of like what was going on before you sort of took the deep dive into it. Let's talk about how you got into it. And you had tried to get into it a couple times. You kept on getting pushed away by ignorant people that were still living in the year 1978 or 1985. So how exactly did you get into the business? So, uh, let's see, it was 2019, late 20, I'd say December 2019. And I had finally moved close enough to, to my kid, left California, went back to New York, and then uh, eventually made my way um, out to Texas. And so got to move closer to where my boys are. And then um, it was, yeah, December 2019, I'm sitting at my computer, and I wasn't even thinking about porn. Because at the time, because um, I had moved, let's see, I moved to Texas, summer of 2019, so, and I was dating, uh, uh, dating this, this lovely lady for like three or four months and then got into another um, connection a little bit after that. So I was, you know, already preoccupied uh, with a lot of stuff on, on, my, on the personal side and getting situated in my new place. And so, I don't know what it was. It was just like one night I was literally, I think what, I think actually what it was, was my subconscious. I think because I had buried it and I thought that I had resolved it and you know because of the past and not 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 out of bitterness I just took it as okay well maybe that's the universe's way of saying all right you know that's that's not your your route that's not where you're gonna go um so I just I thought I let it go but I didn't realize I had actually (laughs) buried it in my subconscious so it was like December 2019 and I opened up my laptop and I was like oh I, I forgot exactly what the heck it was that I was supposed to be doing and I just remember, again, the voice popped up in my head. And it, and it was literally talking to me. It was just saying, look, give it a shot. What do you got to lose? Fuck it. <laughs> you know, go to, you know, get a ticket and go to AVN and just walk around. Just At the very least, just go to AVN and just say, hey, you know, I got to go to AVN, right? Or I got to be there during AVN weekend or something. I said, okay, all right, fuck it. So I went on Twitter created my account, and and I typed in AVN, and I was trying to figure out, okay, you know, you know, do I want to spend the whole weekend, do I want to spend one day, do I want to go to the AVN Expo, do I want to go to AVN Award, you know, all, all these things I was just, you know, trying to figure out, like, what do I want to do? And then I see a post from this person, and the post says, hey, have you ever wanted to be a porn star? Do you ever want to get in porn? Well, here's your opportunity. If you're serious, serious. Uh, click on this link, and you can check my stuff out. And then, if you're even, if you're still serious, go get your your labs done at this place called TTS. Here's a link to go online. All this stuff. So as I was reading this, I was like, at first I was like, no, there's no way this is real. This is bullshit. So I said, you know, what? I'll just click on it just for fun. So I clicked on it, and it was Tadpole X Studio, and I see some of the performers 
that he had on his uh, on his uh, on his sheets, and one of them was Anastasia Rose, and another was Kendra Hart. And I was like, wait a minute, I I know them. Wait a minute. So I'm looking through again, and I'm I'm trying to find something where, um, not trying to find something wrong, um, just for you know, for any reason, but it was more like I'm really trying to see if this is actually true, because I'm like somewhere there's going to be like a broken link. There's going to be you know, there's going to be something where they're going to be asking for money or some crap. None of that. It was literally the legit link to the website, and I was just like, holy shit. So I reached out to him. I mean, I remember, like, my heart was racing. <laughs> and, uh, like, I could feel, like, the blood, like, literally, like, running through my veins. And I reached out to him. I said, hey, man, I said, I'm Bobby Gray, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get in, and, uh, if you are who you say you are, I'll go get my stuff. I'll get my tickets, and I'll I'll make my way out to Vegas. And I mean, not even not even ten minutes later, he hit me back up, and he was like, "Hey, Bobby, this is up." And he's like, "Yeah, man, love to have you out here." Um, um, he's like, "We want to stay in contact," and literally, he stayed in contact with me um, for those next few weeks until I got out to Vegas. So now. You know, I, I do my labs, TPS, set up my profile, all that stuff, make my way out to Vegas. So I'm supposed to now, you know, the usual, you land, you get your bags, get the rental car, and then you go to your destination. As soon as the plane, I mean, <laughs> as soon as the plane landed, like, like the second we landed and I got, um, I got the signal back on my phone, turning my phone on, I get a phone call from Tadpole. And I'm like, hey man, what's uh, what's going on? And he's like, hey Bobby, where you at? I was like, just landed. I'm gonna go uh, get my bags. He's like, okay, okay. Well, let me know if you soon get the bags. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get the bags and I get get the rental car and I'll make my way over to because uh, he was at the Hard Rock Hotel and that's where most all the stars were at the time anyway. And he's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So get the plane. I get my bags. Now I'm making my way to go find the rental the rental car. He calls me again. He goes, Bobby, Bobby, where are you at? I was like, I got my bags. I'm about to go get the rental car. He's like, no, 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 no. Uh, forget, forget the rental car. Just get over here as soon as you can. Get, get an Uber. I'll pay you back on Uber. I was like, okay. All right. So I get an Uber. I get an Uber and get it. And then I head over to the Hard Rock Hotel. Man, when I tell you, I walk in. I walk into that place, and I see everybody. I mean, I see people that – some people that I kind of, you know <laughs> – Tongue in cheek, I kind of grew up watching, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my holy shit, that's that's so and so, that's so and so." And of course, I see a whole bunch of stars that don't even know. It's again super saturated, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see. And then again, this is just before COVID, because this was January 2020, and I think COVID had hit like March or something like that. So it was like this beautiful thing that I saw. Because, I mean, I, like I said, I've been to Exodus twice, and then here I am at AVN. I'm not even at the award show. I'm just at the hotel, and I, I just, I, I'm just, you know, stunned um, that I'm actually here. I'm in the middle of it, and, and, I, and, it, and it felt like I belonged. It felt like home. So we're walk, I'm walking around. We're texting each other, calling each other, and finally we, 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 we cross paths. We get into the elevator, and Tadpole was like, uh, He's like, hey, Bobby, hey, Bobby, man, thanks thanks for uh, showing up because I think it was supposed to be six or seven new guys um, that had, uh, and I was one of those six, seven guys that had contacted him and said, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll make my way out there. 
I was the only guy that showed up. All the other guys chickened out, flaked out, whatever. So now we're going up the elevator. And he's like, he's like, thanks for coming in. He's like, you're the only one that showed up. And then he's like, hey, uh, by the way, no pressure, but this is all on you. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So I'm like, okay, cool, cool, man. So we get in there. He's got his, you know, his his uh, um, his camera crew, uh, which is like a couple guys, and then you know, Kendra Hart, and I mean, beautiful, and not just beautiful physically. I mean, yes, beautiful physically, of course, but her energy, it was just. I mean, she lit that room up, and she made it so comfortable for me work because I was nervous because I was like crap this is all on me you know and and she was kind of on a on a time schedule because uh, they were supposed to start like a while ago and then you know they were still gonna like you know uh, allow me to come in and shoot but they were gonna try to get started a little bit early but again none of the other guys had shown up and so and so with that you know you know, with all of that, you know, me being the only guy and then um, her on a time crunch, I was, you know, kind of anxious. And then, uh, so what they did was uh, they also threw in another guy. He also, he had his TTS done. He wasn't looking to shoot, um, to be in the shoot, uh, at least not in that one. He was looking to do uh, either something else that night or later the next day or something like that. But uh, he just threw on a mask and, and jumped in. And so it was me and him um, um, having to do something with her. And, uh, and it was, it was wonderful. Um, and so I think Tasco still has it up, um, on his, uh, on his site and everything on his, on his links, um, or his different, uh, sites. I think it's like Kendra, I think it says, I think the title is Kendra Hart. I have to look it up. Kendra Hart, uh, fucks fan or fucks fans at ABN. And then you'll see me on the cover with her. And the other gentleman who, you know, he has a mask on. And uh, so that was my first shoot. <laughs> and, and then the next day I had a shoot with um, Sophie Marie. And Sophie Marie is with Yummy Girl uh, Photography. And I believe she just uh, recently, I think either earlier this month or last month, she was on the cover of Playboy. Um, I think it was Playboy Europe. I don't know if it's Playboy Europe or Playboy International. Uh, you know, I don't want to uh, get it wrong, but I know I know it was like one of the international ones for Playboy, and she was on the cover for that. So I got to shoot with her, and then I got to shoot with her a few more times. And you know, like I said earlier, you know, I got to work with uh, Tadpole several times um, because he would he would he would literally go onto my <laughs> onto my Twitter and screenshot my uh, my pictures, and then he would show it to the girls, like if he was in Chicago or if he was in Miami, if he was in Vegas, and if I was able to make it out there, you know, because sometimes um, uh, the girls would be kind of hesitant for, you know, various reasons, you know, maybe it could be bad experiences from past gangbangs, certain directors, whatever the case may be, and he was fairly kind of new at the time as well, so he didn't really have an established name like he has now. And so they were, you know, so whenever they were hesitant, 
um, he would say, well, you know, because they would ask him, like, well, you know, show us the guys that you're going to have there. And when they would see my picture, <laughs> they would, they'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, um, you know, actually that's a, that's a great compliment. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that's how I uh, – that's how I, I, I got into the uh, into the business. It was it was uh, and again not religious. I'm, I'm spiritual, so I, I do believe in a in a higher power, higher entity, higher force. Um, and so I believe it was divine timing. You know, I believe that for years and years I had asked for this, and I think what I was being shown then in those different times was that it wasn't my time yet. And even if, you know, I don't have all the answers as to why, you know, or I could guess, well, maybe because, okay, you know, I'm supposed to get married, okay, I'm supposed to have kids, I'm supposed to be in the military, you know, I'm supposed to impact you know, certain people's lives, you know, in a, in a good way in the military. Maybe I'm supposed to help these people out. Maybe I'm supposed to live over here and do this. You know, there's various reasons as to why, and I don't have all the answers, but all I know is it, it definitely was divine timing. And that was the time when I was supposed to go in, you know, um, for most guys, of course, that are thinking of getting into business, want to get into the business. Most of us, you know, we want to go in, you know, when we're 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, and uh, of course, you know, um, but I'm living testament that it doesn't always happen that way. And it's fine. It's okay. It just means that you were meant to do something else or other things or you had to take care of other stuff um, before you could, you know, go to your, your other destination. Absolutely. I 100% agree, uh, especially nowadays. I feel like if you want to be a part of the adult industry and you are 30-plus, you know, because I feel like the stereotype is what you just said, you know, sort of fresh in your 20s, in particular in your early 20s. But if you're 30-plus, I mean, yeah. you can make it. You know, you can carve out a little place for yourself in the industry. Right. So I know that you just discussed how you got into it, and you even went into, you know, the first couple times that you shot. But what I want to get into right now is your mindset. Like, what was going on in your mind the first time that you actually did it? Like, this is something that you had been wanting to do, that the haters were basically telling you, no, 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 you got to do it this way. You did it your own way. So now you're on set. What was going on in your mind? You know, it was, it was surreal. I was, um, and I think that was part of that, that, that anxious kind of buildup where, like I said, you know, thankfully, you know, Tadpole, super uh, professional, great guy, Kendra, you know, amazing, professional, beautiful woman. Um, and she was, you know, and, and, you know, they were all intelligent enough and business savvy enough to know, okay, you know, as a new guy, you know, let's make it as welcoming as possible. And she took charge. And so that helped me because, like I said, I was, I was, it was surreal and I was super excited because I was literally thinking that, you know, but I had to kind of put that off to the side because I was thinking, I was like, man, here I am, you know, and, you know, these people now, you know, whether they realize it or not, whether they remember me or not, you know, they're going to see me now um, on this person's site, on that person's site. They're going to see me, you know, probably on Pornhub. They're probably going to see me on um, somebody's OnlyFans, whatever the case may be, but they're, they're going to see me. And, and, and even if they kind of get a glimpse of me and maybe they get like a little, you know, a little twitch in the brain and they're like, hmm, that guy looks familiar, 
even if they don't even remember having a conversation with me, it's me. And the fact that I was actually able to do it and do it on my own, I mean, that, like, boosted my confidence. And, um, and like I said, I, I kind of had to put it to the side because I had to focus on, on Kendra Hart, which was great. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I was, I was just um, super thankful, super grateful. Um, and then from there, you know, it just, uh, it, it, it helped me to realize and it, and it reminded me that, you know, anything that I ever wanted in life, I had to earn. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, I had to earn it. Um, nothing was ever really handed to me. Um, and I don't, I don't look down on people that maybe have it better than me or whatever, whatever part of, you know, um, the world they grew up in and whatever background and all that stuff, because I get it that we all come from different places, but they're just the cards that I happen to be dealt, um, again, fate, you know, divine intervention, whatever the case may be, um, it, it gave me those things not to, and, and it wasn't, and I realized, you know, there's an old saying, it, it's, um, it's not, uh, it's not happening to me, it's happening for me. And so these were the things that were happening now to help build me into Bobby Gray and mm-hmm. to add to, to not just the character of Bobby Gray, but to also add to that, to that image and to that, um, to that mystique in a sense, uh, to that mysteriousness, because you can you can see at times that okay, this is a guy that has has been through something, you know, has gone through something, but at the same time, there's a there's a charm about him. There's a way about him that you know maybe some of the scars are visible, maybe they're not. But it's almost like he's he's proudly wearing it, and that's I mean I mean for for me at least that's kind of what I'm. Uh, that's part of what I uh, like to believe that I, I push out to the world with my energy. Um, so yeah, so I just <laughs> I um, I mean the best way to say it is that it it was happening for me. It was it was helping me to become what I needed to become. Uh, mentally, and and also on, on the business side, it, it was it, it, it pulled me out of the the naive um, aspect that I had about me, uh, because I'm naturally a good-hearted person. So, and it doesn't mean that it turned me cold or anything like that. It just means that I become a little bit more guarded and more cautious, uh, because you have to be. You know, it's just like having kids. You know, you got to be aware of you know what your kids are doing, who's around them, all that stuff. Um, you got to be aware about your money. You know, it's just common sense thing. So it definitely taught me that because, like I said before, that's some of the stuff that I went through in my um, in my first two, two and a half years being in the business. And now here I am three years in, uh, coming back from some of the personal stuff and some of the other stuff outside of, porn that I was dealing with last year, and that helped me to grow as well, because all those things that seemed like obstacles, that seemed tough, um, it was basically reminders that, or not just reminders, it was confirmation. It was confirmation that, okay, I do belong here. It was confirmation that there is something special 
about Bobby Gray, even though people can say, hey, there's plenty of guys out there. You know, there, I, I can point out however many guys are better looking than Bobby, that are more fit, that are more this, that, and the other, and you can. But it kind of goes to when you look at mainstream, this is how I kind of compare it sometimes. Like when you look at the mainstream actors and you got like, you know, your Tom Cruise, your Leonardo DiCaprio's, your um, uh, Michael B. Jordan's and things of that nature, you can literally say that when you're living in Miami or New York or California or over in Spain or Europe or something like that, right, that you'll come across somebody that is super beautiful, drop-dead gorgeous, that looks ten times better than those guys on, on, on the TV screen or on the movie screen. But those are the guys that are on the movie screen. It's something about those guys that made them stand out, whether it's their acting ability, whether it was just something very unique and different about their look um, or a combination of so much. But those are the guys that are standing up there on the movie screen, not, you know, the guy who is probably a 20 out of 20 that's walking around the street. He's not over there. You know, those guys are. So to me, that's kind of what I look at it where, okay, I may not be, you know, as, as you know, the beautiful as these guys over here. I may not have the biggest, you know, equipment like these guys on over here. But there's something about me that attracts people to Bobby Gray. There's something, whether it's the name, whether it's my energy, whether it's my demeanor, uh, whether it's how I'm sensual with the women, um, or a combination of all of that. But I realize that all those obstacles, some of the haters and things of that nature, those are all confirmations. That was the universe basically saying, okay, this is what you asked for. So now I'm going to show you this is what you're going to have to deal with or you're going to have to maneuver around because not everybody's going to be your friend. Not everybody's going to want to see you succeed. Um, some people are going to try their best to try to tear you down. They're going to spread rumors. They're going to, you know, um, do whatever they can to try to um, uh get you or persuade you to, 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 to throw your hands up and give up and walk away. And so I, I realized that all of those were like quizzes or exams because um, life is always testing us anyway. So I felt like those were exams that I had to pass to prove to the universe that, yes, this is what I want. This is where I need to, um, um, to really focus the rest of my energy on outside, of course, my kids and another people, places, and things, but, um, but yeah, yeah, so I realized that, so when I came back in, and especially um, late last month and earlier this month, I was working at uh, this uh, high-end luxury fitness facility, um, and I was pretty much like their facility manager, I had, you know, done such a great job in 60 days, they promoted me, gave me a raise, all that stuff. But then I was putting in so much energy, and again, that voice came back to me, and I was like, you know what, I've got to make a decision. I've got to make a decision, okay, am I going to stay here and pour all my energy into somebody else's dream, or am I going to go back, start from, whether, whether I start from scratch or start from wherever, and put my energy into this? Because really, when I look at it, I don't really have anything to lose. I'm not saying that in a narcissistic or vain way, but, you know, I was married twice, so, okay, got, you know, check that off the block. I, I have two beautiful kids. 
they're you know going into their their teens in the next few years. Okay, check that off the block. I'm 42. I'll be 43 soon. So, you know, I'm not concerned about um, you know settling down again. And nothing's impossible, but I'm just not concerned about that right now, especially when all this opportunity is here to uh, to really focus on building up the Bobby Green brand. So what do I have to lose? Let me, let me now take this next chapter of my life and really just pour all that energy into this and confirm to myself that, yeah, I do belong here. And you know what? I'm very thankful that, that those people either said what they said or they tried to do what they tried to do because it basically added the fuel to my the flame it, it it gave me that extra motivation you know it was, it was pretty much their way without even realizing it it was their way of telling me hey there is something special about you and you do belong here and you need to go after what it is that you need to go after because there's other people that's going to be watching you and they're going to be inspired and you never know who you're going to inspire to now go after their dream so yeah you mentioned your name there was a, a line that you gave in your answer that said, you know, maybe they like my name, that this or that or the other. So I want to ask about it. How did uh, you come up with your porn name? Where did the name Bobby Gray come from? Great question. So, um, so uh, two, two areas. One was the movie Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, and I had seen that movie with my second ex-wife when it came out. So we were watching it, and I just remember, you know, e even now, even though I don't remember the entire plot and story and everything, I just remember as the character. I remember Christian and how he was dealing with all these things in his mind, but, you know, all these scars that he had, and not even the physical ones, all these internal scars that he was dealing with, all these, you know, internal issues. He was so suave in how you know, on the outside, you know, unless you really were invited into his world, you didn't know. And then you can you can see with the characters how even there are times when he's he's not even explaining anything. I mean, because it got to the point to where, you know, him and uh, uh, the love interest, you know, they were together and having all this, you know, uh, you know, great time and learning about each other, and she's learning, you know, this this, this new world. And it got to the point where she still really, did, and she knew it too, that she really didn't know him, you know. And and I think he said something to the effect, I could be wrong, um, but I'm just paraphrasing, something to the effect of where he said, you know, he said, I'm 50 shades of fucked up. Um, and that was so beautiful when he said that because, you know, I, I'm not comparing myself to the Christian Grey character, but there is some, some similarities, you know, at least from my perspective as far as like the things that I went through and, you know, past relationships and, and whether they were personal relationships, whether it was work-related, whatever the case may be, where I felt like I gave my all, where I felt like I was betrayed, where I felt like, you know, I betrayed someone or I was confused or, you know, just all these things that you go through in life that you're questioning at times and that you regret at times. And so, you know, him having that, um, that stoic trait about him where, all these things are going on internally, but on the outside, the people that work with him, you know, they, they see him as, you know, this, uh, this leader, um, uh, this, this uh, whether alpha or sigma, they just see him as, as, as a guy that holds his own. And, 
even without talking to his love interest all the time, when he's just engaged physically with her, energy that he's sharing with her is awakening her. It's awakening almost, you know, I'm not trying to be, we're not trying to sound like a, a guru, but basically it was like he was awakening her, her kundalini, you know, her, um, it was like those karma sutra techniques and things of that nature. I mean, like literally he was like one by one, he was turning on and elevating her chakra. And at times, again, he didn't even have to say anything, you know, and you could say like, you know, the whips were part of it, these different types of BDSM stuff was part of it, but if you really, really look at that film and you look at just the times when, when all he did at times, even if it was a tease, when he was just touching her, when he was just breathing on her. So when I when I was coming up with the name, um, it was interesting because I had a list of names back when I was like 19, 20, and I was like really thinking of getting into porn then, and I had a list of names that I had, you know, written up. And uh, eventually, as time went on, I, I think I threw it out or something like that. But I had like a uh, like damn near two pages full of like just stage names, and so. When I thought about it, I kind of remembered some of them in my head, but it didn't sound right. You know, it sounded more like, okay, if I was 19, 20, that would probably be my name. But, <laughs> but when I thought of Christian Grey, I was like, that's it. And I was like, his style, the way he dresses and everything. And that's why if you look at my profile picture on the Twitter, it has, you know, with me in the, in the suit and it's in the black and white uh, um, uh, coloring. And... It's interesting because I said, okay, that guy speaks to me. His character speaks to, to me. Now i got to come up with a first name because I didn't want to use Christian Gray. So I was like, man, so I was just going through all these different names. And I was even thinking of not even using Gray. And I was thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll use just a first name. Maybe I'll use Christian and then use a different last name. So finally, I was looking at, you know, who else do I kind of, have I been inspired by, you know, more so like a real life figure? So I was thinking about, you know, MLK, Malcolm X, Gandhi, <laughs> Muhammad Ali, and then I thought of other like, goodness, the Kennedy brothers. And I remember, you know, I loved their speeches, like the way those guys spoke, how eloquent they were. And it, again, it reminded me, here are these guys, two legendary men in politics um, that were not perfect, but at the same time, with all that was going on internally with them, when they stood in front of a crowd, when they were talking to people, when they were motivating people, whether it was to go vote or to go be part of, you know, uh, society and becoming a contributing member, I mean, the speeches, when you go back and listen to them or read them, it's, it's mind-blowing. And so I just had to figure, I was like, okay, which one sounds better? Is it John Gray? Is it, of course, JFK? Or should I use, you know, the other brother, um, Bobby? Um, RFK, and I said, hmm, the John Gray, Bobby Gray, and then when I said Bobby Gray, I was like, that's it, that's that's it, Bobby Gray. So that's that's how I came up with that name. I like it. It's a good choice, man. It really is. Um, I'm so glad <laughs> that you settled into this one. Like, you know, after the process and all that kind of stuff, you ended up at the right choice, I think. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I feel like you've kind of answered this, but I'm going to ask it so that you can expand upon it a little bit. How would you describe your fuck style? How would you describe your style of fucking? Um, 
It's, uh, I mean, yeah, sensual, but also I would say it's, it gets intense in a different way. Um, I don't know sometimes, you know, if I say rough or hard or intense, some people may automatically assume, you know, like, a um, what's that gentleman's name? Um, Manuel, you got Manuel Ferreira, you got Nick Manning, two other legends in the business. Um, and especially, I think, Nick Manning, um, when, you, when I used to watch his stuff, like, that dude was intense. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Um, but mine is, I would say, mine is intense in a sensual way to where, you know, I can do the rough stuff, but, like, when you watch my stuff, like, some of the stuff I've done with Siren Verde, um, you can see, like, where we, we, we turn it up a bit and, you know, we go rough and all that stuff. But you can also tell from her from her responses, her moans and everything like that, like even when I'm going slow, there's this, there's this intensity. There's, it's more of like an energetic intensity because I'm adding in more to it. It's like how I'm holding her. It's how I'm talking to her. I'm whispering in her ear. You know, if I'm kissing her, you know, um, and, and, if I'm, and when I'm talking, if I'm talking very low and just, you know, again, just whispering, um, like combining all that together, it brings about like this really intense energy into it. So, um, so it's 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 like sensually intense. Um, and I think if you look at uh, uh, there's X art and there's um, and there's and I've noticed recently actually there's there's other um, sites out there now that are really getting into like really promoting heavily sensual. Um, erotic uh, content and I love it because I'm like and, and it kind of goes back to like uh, Joanna Angel you know nobody would have really why well, at that time with whom she was communicating with a lot of them didn't really see what she saw with something like a burning angel and really putting um, the lens on the gothic community and uh, and it's beautiful because I, I, I love women with you know, whether they have tattoos or not, but it's, it's something, you know, it's, it's something different. It's a different, you know, different flavor, different taste, and it's, it's, it's great to mix it up. And um, and so, yeah, so now, you know, I see a lot of, like, sensual stuff out there, and I see a lot of independent guys out there who, like, their stuff is sensual. And I just, again, I, I, I love it. So, yeah, so for me, I would say mine is uh, sensually uh, intense, for sure. As someone who was a fan of the industry before joining it, as someone who had been trying to get into it, and now you're finally in it, what do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? Um, I would have to say it's just uh, getting to work with, honestly, getting to work with, with great people. And I would say even more so really um, getting to work with the people that I want to work with. Because I'm independent, you know, um, I remember, I think one of the obstacles that I kept allowing to, to, to hinder me was I kept worrying about, man, I got to get signed to an agency. I gotta get... And it got to the point where I was like, wait a minute, I don't want to get signed to an agency. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great to have that machine behind you. It's, you know, um, there's so much work you can get and all that stuff. Um, but for me, again, my lane, my slice of the pie you know, I prefer to be on that independent side and 
being actually able to communicate, reach out to, connect, meet, and shoot with the women that I want to shoot with. Um, you know, whereas with the agencies, and, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking for them because I really don't know how they do it. I mean, it may be different how it was done then versus now and all that stuff, but, um, you know, I would believe that, of course, if there's a studio out there, a company that wants to book, you know, um, I wanted to book Bobby Gray, for example, and they wanted me to shoot with some such a person and maybe, you know, maybe me and that person doesn't get along or maybe, you know, I've heard that that person is, you know, absolutely unprofessional or that director is unprofessional or something, whatever the case may be. Um, that could be difficult now, you know, between that artist and that agency. Whereas, again, I want to have the freedom to where I can reach out to someone and if they don't want to work with me, that's completely fine, you know. But that's my choice, you know, and I, I get to leave that between me and the artist. And then also I get to now have the opportunity to build relationships with the artists. I get to have the opportunity to build relationships with the agencies. Um, I don't have to have all these middle people in there um, trying to speak for me or whatever. You know, I can just either go directly to the artist or go to their agent. And like I said, you know, start building that relationship because that that also excites me of, of where we're at now and where we're going. Because just what ten years ago, I would say, uh, if not maybe a little bit more, it wasn't really like that. Like you still, because you know, internet where it wasn't all that stuff, you still had to, and not so much the internet, but the information that was either lacking on the internet or wasn't on the internet as far as, like, where you could go, who you could go to, who you could talk to. Um, you know, for me, I didn't know that I could reach out to a Fox mom. I, mean, I didn't know, you know, ATMLA. Um, I didn't realize, oh, duh, let me just go on sites and just book them and just shoot my own stuff. I mean, I, I knew that, um, that they were able to be contacted, but I didn't know, you know, how to do it myself. I thought I needed you know, a machine behind me, you know, I needed a, a agent and a manager, I need to be signed to whoever and have them do all that stuff. Whereas, again, that ignorance and that naivety now being gone, and I see what I see now, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I can, I can build these relationships, and then there's new agencies popping up, there's new talent, it's, it's a revolving door. So I would say, in, in, in all actuality, it's, it's that excitement of, being able to work with all these people, you know, and then being on the set and then, you know, this, this beautiful woman that I was talking to, she's right there in front of me. We're shooting. We make beautiful content. And I get to put it out on my site. She gets to put it out on her site. And we're helping each other. Um, and that's, yeah, I, I would say that's, that's really what excites me. I mean, of course, you know, being intimate with them, of course, is, is, is absolutely wonderful, but I think it's also knowing that um, we're, we're doing something where we're, we're part of something bigger than all of us. We're part of this community that so many people before us got killed for, got jailed for, you know, um, they got, um, you know, uh, hated on by politicians and Public, other public figures um, and looked down upon by family members. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that went through a lot of shit 
to pave the way <clears throat> for folks like me and, and all these other people. Um, and there's a uh, there's a book. Let me see. I think it's called. Oh, have it. Sure. Get you the correct title. Yeah. So this is actually one of my influences while I was in college that got me. It also sparked the uh, <laughs> really sparked interest of porn. It's called Porn Star, and it's by Ian I A N Gittler, G I T T L E R. Um, and that book really, really opened my eyes as well because that told stories of people who, you know, were, you know, basically ran out of their their uh, their family, um, uh, people that were dealing with drugs, and I mean, just and of course, like I said, that was the seventies, eighties, nineties, but yeah. So, um, so again, that's 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 the excitement pieces that that. Um, that make me, uh, or not even make me, they, that influence me to just keep going. What is your favorite sexual position to perform for the camera? Ooh, good question, good question. Um, huh, I would have to say, hmm, man, that's a hard one. That's a damn good question. <laughs> um, uh, it you know it honestly it, it varies because I'll put it this way because I love missionary doggy style um, like those are my two favorites I also love you know uh, cowgirl um, I think it's more so what me and my co-performer what we're feeling in that moment. Um, there are times when, you know, like like I said, when I shot with Siren Verde, and I have, you know, we're, we're, I have her in a missionary position, and it looks amazing on camera. And then there's other times when I have her in a um, um, doggy style position, and it looks amazing on camera. Um, so I think a lot of times, of course, angle, lighting, all that stuff, but I think really it's it's just that moment. It's like whatever we're feeling at that moment. And if it's doggy style, if it's missionary, that just like just gets our heart racing even more. Because I think there, there are times, and I think this goes back to what I was saying about the, um, the Fifty Shades of Grey thing, where it's like there are times when you just don't have to talk. You can just, just be. And it's like the energy is talking for you. And you can be in one position, one moment, and then for some reason, to both of you exactly at the same time, you just want to switch over to a different position. And you both know that once you switch over to that position, like it's, it intensifies um, the intimacy. It intensifies everything that's going on in that moment. So I think really for me, it, it, it depends. For me and the co-performer that I'm working with, it, it depends on just what we're feeling at that moment. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the best answer I can give you. <laughs> so far in the time that you have been in the business, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Oh, um, Byron Verde, uh, Amy Quinn, um, 
uh, Arabic Slave Girl. Uh, oh, definitely Aria Carson. Um, I would say Aria Carson is definitely one of my favorite favorites. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, if I had to do a ranking, um, definitely uh, Aria Carson would be at the very top. Um, something about our energy, we just clicked. We connected. Because um, I had met her at a shoot for Private Society. That's where we actually first shot together. That was a group scene. And then when we had our one-on-one scene together, um, I mean, it was just like, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was awesome. Um, Sophie Marie, of course. Um, Kendra Hart, of course. Uh, Anastasia Rose. Um, Rebel Rider. Um... Ashley White, uh, those have definitely been uh, favorites. Uh, Mrs. Dawson, um, and and I would also say, also add that that they've all been my favorites for like you know different reasons. Um, some could just be purely physical, which is nothing wrong with that, of course. And for others, like I said, like with the Rhea Carson, it was like a combination. It was like her physical beauty, but also like her energy just, it just, uh, just uh, synced in line. Like we just, we just basically synced together. Um, so that also reminds me to, to, to always, like going forward, to look for those, you know, uh, when I, when, especially when I make connections and I interact with people, um, to find those connections because that really makes it so much better. Um, and then Amy Quinn, like I said earlier, you know, Amy Quinn, um, physical beauty, but she also has like this, like that, that, that little, because she's shorter in stature, so she has like, you know, like this, that, that petite, um, uh, that petite, uh, um, and tempting uh, energy about her, because I love petite women. Um, you know, I love tall women too, but I, I love petite women. And and Amy Quinn also has like that kind of like that um, that girl next door type look and feel to her, um, you know. And me and Siren, you know, we connected um, on a spiritual level, so to speak, uh, and that was amazing shooting with her. So yeah, those are definitely my favorites. Um, uh, if I miss anybody, I apologize. But uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, those are definitely uh, some of my favorites. Who have you not worked with yet that you would love to do a scene with? Let's use the power of manifestation. <laughs> Who would you love to work with? <laughs> Who's on your wish list? Oh, man. Um, Alex Harper. Uh, oh, my goodness. Adriana Chechik. Uh, Abella Danger. Um, Lee Raven. I actually got to meet Lee Raven. She was actually at the premiere of, of that um, that premiere party that uh, Joan Angel had years back. Um, and Lee Raven, yes, it was something about her energy, like, oof. So definitely her. Um, Joan Angel, of course. Um, goodness, there's uh, there's Molly, a uh, young lady by the name of Molly Little. Um, who else is there? 
thing I already mentioned, Alex Harper. Uh, let's see. Um, Molly Little. Um, hmm. Trying to think. There's there's a young lady. Actually, there's a, there's actually a young lady I'm going to be shooting with. I want to say next weekend. Um, her name is Casey Cole. Uh, beautiful young lady. So I'm looking forward to uh, to shooting with her. Uh, there's another woman by the name of Laura Cross. Um, we've been communicating for a little while on and off. And so <clears throat> we're going to be uh, shooting together in, in uh, what you call it, in July. Uh, there's a, another performer named Alani, A-L-A-N-I, Alani Cole. Looking forward to shooting with her. Um, goodness. Uh, yeah, there's... <laughs> Oh, there's another young lady uh, named Wynn Ryder, uh, W-Y-N-N. And I had reached out to her uh, a while back. Um, I think she's under Team Brian. So, and then I would say another one would be Nova, uh, Nova Flame. Um, I came across her profile several months back, and when I saw her, I was just like, yeah. I definitely got to shoot with her. So, yeah. So, uh, I mean, and don't get me wrong. There's a there's a ton more <laughs> women out there that I love to shoot with, um, and I'm sure there'll be some new women that probably joined today that I, I may not know about until you know next few days or a few weeks. But, uh, but yeah, uh, to at least give you a list, um, those are some of them right there. I like it. Are there any performers in the business, whether they're in front of the camera or maybe even behind the camera, that you look up to? Are there any performers or any people, individuals in the industry that inspire you in what you're trying to do with your piece of the industry? Oh, well, yes. Um, goodness. So, so definitely Joanna Angel. Um, just because, like I said, you know, when she shared that part of her story, uh, I've always been inspired by that. And just knowing that, you know, it just reminds me that you can do everything right. And it's just a reminder you're not going to make everybody happy. And, and like in any industry, somebody's going to be hating on you sometimes for nothing. It's just what, what it is in this world. Um, but definitely join an angel. Uh, there's, a, there's a gentleman by the name of Eric Edwards. Um, I came across this stuff on actually on came across his um, his interviews on YouTube uh, a while back, and when I was listening to the guy, it it just you know he he pretty much is an artist artist um, like that guy really inspired me just listening to him how humble you know he was and, and talking about you know when he got to business and how it was back then, uh, back in you know, the 70s and 80s and, you know, um, and the people that, that he worked with and some of the legends that he worked with in the business and just how humble he stayed and, you know, just the, the beautiful energy that guy had. And he, he kind of reminded, kind of reminded me of, of, um, of myself because of not just how he was talking, but like when I would, when I would watch his, when I went back, once I discovered who he was, you know, when I saw stuff on YouTube, his interviews, 
and I went and I searched him out on Google and I looked up some of his some of his uh, some of his work from uh, years back and um, yeah it was like it, it, it was it was like looking in the mirror somewhat even though you know I'm of mixed ethnicity he's, he's a, a white guy white gentleman um, just his style his energy his presence the way he um, took care of the women the way he um, you know the way, just just his swag just his his charm um, it, it reminded me of me it reminded me of Bobby Gray so you know he's definitely uh, one of one of my heroes in the business uh, I would also say oh goodness um, hmm, Evan Stone uh, I got to meet him um, I got to meet him at Exodus, and I also got to meet him at Exotica in Chicago. I want to say 2021, I think. I could be wrong, but I think it was 2021. Um, but I got to meet Evan Stone, another great guy down to earth. Um, uh, goodness, Shawn Michaels. Uh, um, hmm. I would just say it has to be just a lot of the, a lot of the people that I, I came up watching, you know, when I was a young kid, when I was a teenager, who just, you know, the ones who sparked that interest in my brain in the first place. Again, like Gina Fine, um, just how intense she was and how beautiful she was and how giving she was to, you know, to the camera, to, to her, her, her co-performance. Um, uh, I would say, um, Cassidy Ray, also known as Peggy Adams. What got me about her, what inspired me was how confident she was, you know, her look, her eyes, um, you know, just knowing that here's this woman who, I mean, she was, she was petite, very slim, you know, and then she was going up against, you know, all these other women that you know, either naturally or cosmetically, you know, had bigger butts, bigger breasts, whatever. And she was killing it, you know, and she, she had the confidence about her. I mean, I would say she was, um, because she, she came, she was, she came before Jenna Hayes, uh, who was also amazing. I think they, they kind of were around the same time, but I think, uh, I think Kathy Ray was, was there just a little bit before her. And then, uh, you know, I would say, in my opinion, um, just from the outside looking in, but Cassie Ray paved the way for for a lot of these petite women, you know, because when I started watching porn, it was like, again, it was like these tall, you know, tall, beautiful uh, women. And Cassie Ray was, you know, short, beautiful still, knockout, gorgeous, but a little bit shorter, uh, at least how she was on camera compared to, to a lot of the other women. And then to me that paved the way for, you know, the Adriana Chechik, the Deabella Danger, and, and those women that you see on camera and you see them and, you know, they're of a little bit shorter stature, but they're, they're powerful, they're beautiful, they're amazing. And it's just a reminder that, you know, you, you can show up in all different shapes and sizes and still, still um, you know, entertain and still influence people. 
Um, I would also say, uh, who else, who else, who else? Um, goodness. Oh, man. There's, there's a lot of people. Like, but like I said, I, I think it's just the folks that I grew up watching, some of the ones that I had recently discovered, like Eric Edwards and, um, you know, people like that that, uh, that inspired me. And then, of course, the people in that book, the first star book, um, like the late, great John Doe, um, um, you know, and just watching the guys like Stephen St. Croix um, and, um, and Lessington Steele and, 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 and those people that, that made me look at things differently and made me realize that, okay, I don't have to be, you know, one thing. You know, I don't have to be the black bull, per se. I don't have to try to go fit in that, that category. I can just be me, and I can, whether I wear a suit or not, is, is, is really irrelevant. It's just more so my presence and my energy and just how I, how I my, my demeanor and how I carry myself. So, yeah, so those, those are my heroes. Um, and um, I, I have plenty more. I just <laughs> can't think of, think of all of them off the... Uh, um, uh, the top, top of my head. Let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about your original content. What type of content can the listeners expect to see on the various avenues that you use to release content, like OnlyFans, many vids, etc.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, OnlyFans, uh, Fansly. Um, at some point, once I get all my Stuff submitted and approved by Pornhub will be on there as well. Um, and Yummy Girl Photo, uh, I'm working with uh, Spike Irons, um, who I mentioned earlier was one of the, the folks uh, outside of Tadpole. Uh, he also gave me uh, one of my first shoots with Sophie Marie. So I'll be partnering with him as far as like putting like a actual Bobby Gray website uh, under the Yummy Girl, um, uh, Yummy Girl umbrella. So looking forward to that. And then as far as the scenes, you know, I was, I was thinking about it um, the other day. And, um, you know, one of the things was, okay, do I stay more so on the amateur side where it's just basically, okay, me and co-performer, we meet up and we just go straight into it, you know, start being intimate, all that stuff, and just entertain from the beginning. Or do I kind of get more into, like, stories and this and that and the other and it's, it's so intriguing for me because, you know, coming from the mainstream side, going to you know, acting classes and doing that and being on sets and um, TV shows, movies, and commercials and all that, um, and I enjoy storytelling, love it, but I've come to find out in this part of the, the entertainment business, I don't care for it. Um, and I, I guess... For me, I can do it, and I don't, you know, I don't mind, especially like if it's a good story and I really believe in it and I love it and I want to bring it to life, then definitely. Um, but I've, I've come to, to see that the people that gravitate towards Bobby Gray and gravitate, gravitate towards the content that they really like that I do, it's been more so just um, the amateur uh, type of play. 
where the scene takes place and it could be, you know, the cameraman could just be walking in and, and for example, like me and Siren Verde are already on the couch kissing, going at it. Um, whether we're taking our time or going a little fast, whatever the case may be, they enjoy that. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, they don't really care for, <laughs> and, 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 I, and again, uh, no offense, I don't, I don't take any offense to it, but I've come to realize that um, uh, my audience just doesn't care to, to see Bobby Gray, you know, um, having this conversation with, um, with these beautiful people. You know, they just want to see me go at it. And um, it's like, okay, give them what they want. Um, and I've had people reach out to me in the past about, you know, hey, you know, if you can do a custom video for me, and the funny thing is, I've even now, I've whenever I've gotten requests about customs, and I haven't done one yet. I just, you know, like I was saying, I was taking care of stuff last year, so now I'm back in. And so as, as I look at it, um, all the requests for the customs have just been like, hey, can you have sex with a woman on top of a car? Hey, can you just have sex over here? There's never anything in there like, um, can y'all role play? Can y'all do this? No, there's no. <laughs> None of that. Um, it's just like, you know, I'll just have sex over here, over here, over there. You know? So, so I respect that because that lets me know, okay, that's the the group, that's the the, the category that I've tapped into. There are people that want to see sensuality. There's people that want to see something different from, you know, uh, a, a you know a black performer, so to speak. Uh, they, you know, I've had people that have commented on, on my Twitter at times and said, oh, thank you. Finally, we have somebody that's not all about the pop, 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 you know, it's, you know somebody who's actually about taking your time and being intimate. So, um, and that's a big thing for me is where I don't, you know, I never want to be put in a box where whatever the stereotype is, if there is still a stereotype, I never want to be put in a stereotype of, okay, well, if you're a black male performer, then you have to be this and you have to constantly do this type of scene or shoot, whatever. Um, you know, I'd rather be typecast the way I want to be typecast, which is, again, the central guy, um, which is, you know, if it's just straight, you know, straight to the, to the intimacy and stuff, fine, great, love it. Um, and nothing against being, you know, black bull or anything like that. That's just, it's just not my cup of tea, not my lane. Uh, so yeah, so that, and I would also say, you know, possibly down the road, you know, maybe I'll, um, I'll do something with, uh, um, you know, one of the, uh, uh, trans stars, um, because like I was saying earlier, you know, when they, when those guys were telling me in the past about like, you know, this is the only way you can come in into the business and I didn't agree. And it wasn't, again, because I had anything against uh, LGBTQ scenes or anything like that. It was just more of that just wasn't me back then. You know, I hadn't really evolved into the business, um, which is why, like I said earlier in the interview, I wanted to really work behind the camera, take my time, learn stuff, figure things out. Um, and so where I'm at now, you know, like I, I see – you know, and it also kind of goes into what you were, what you were asking earlier, like, you know, who else would I like to work with that I haven't worked with? There's, there's Daisy Taylor, there's uh, Chloe Kay, um, you know, two amazing stars in the business, you know. 
Um, and I saw a scene where Owen Gray, uh, who also, I would also, you know, he's one that I, I did forget, um, Owen Gray, um, who was also an inspiration for me because he does his own thing. He's introverted, you know, just, just from his energy. He just seems like a very introverted to himself, kind of lone wolf, mysterious, mystique type of uh, energy to him. And he had a scene with, a uh, beautiful scene with uh, Daisy Taylor. Um, and that inspired me to definitely want to, you know, shoot with her. Um, and I don't, again, I don't, it wasn't like I had anything against her prior to that. It was just more of, um, I was so focused looking at, you know, um, other things that, um, you know, I got to be inspired when I came across their scene. And I loved it. I was like, oh, shit, you know. It, it, it was like, how do I not have David Taylor on my, you know, on my radar, on my list? So, yeah, so definitely David Taylor, um, Chloe Kay, uh, Natalie Mars. Um, so so I would say, you know, if, if, uh, if I have, you know, fans or audience or even future um, uh, fans that come across my stuff and, you know, that's the type of thing that they would, they would love to see, you know, then definitely, you know, because I think that's, that's also another beautiful part about the adult entertainment. You know, we don't have to be um, phony and flaky in the sense, and I'm not saying that everybody in mainstream is, but it just seems to be a lot of uh, stagnation. You know, I mean, look how long Hollywood has taken to do so much with so much of the talent they've got and that they've had from from the Asian community, the Latino community, the black community. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's a history of it. And so I see all this great potential and great opportunity. And I think that's also the beauty of, you know, having the adult entertainment so super saturated is that now there's, there's really nothing that can stop you because, you know, most of these companies, not sorry, not most of companies, but some of these companies, if they say, well, we're not going to work with you because, you know, you shot with, okay, bye, you know, you're lost. And if there's some women that are like, oh, well, I'm not going to shoot with you, okay, not a problem because there's plenty of other women that are intelligent enough who realize, okay, you know, we're all performers, we're all being safe. You know, as long as we're getting tested and doing what we're supposed to do and taking care of each other, everything is fine. And then we can all continue to have fun. So, yeah, sorry for that long, drawn answer again, but, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, you're good. No, that was a great answer. You actually answered, um, I was going to ask you what kind of content can uh, the listeners expect to see in the future, so you pretty much answered that. So my follow-up would be, how often do you release new content? And also, wait, actually, before I even let you answer it, just... Really quick, uh, major props on uh, sort of like setting the ground work in on having your own official website. Uh, I think a lot of people nowadays, they get so complacent with how easy it is to do like an OnlyFans, a Fansly, ManyVids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And which, yes, that's where everyone is going and that's where people are clicking and that's where people are downloading and subscribing and all that kind of stuff. So it is good to have stuff there. But at the end of the day for the performer, uh, you know, those websites, you don't own that website. You know, you are basically, in essence, renting space in that website. So, you know, they do take a percentage of your earnings. So uh, I always like to tell performers, you know, you need to have your own website because at the end of the day, when people subscribe, like, that's your money. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. 
Yeah, so props exactly. on uh, setting the groundwork for your official website. But yes, so back to the follow-up. Um, how often do you uh, release new content? Uh, so before it was like, like every few months. Um, now that I'm officially back into it, um, like I said, I'll be shooting next weekend. So my goal is to have uh, to have new releases every month, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm, you know, it's going to be like every week, every month, um, but at the very least to have uh, at least two to three scenes, um, two to three new scenes, excuse me, um, every month, uh, and of course that depends on people's scheduling and all that other stuff and, you know, the people that I want to shoot with and all that. Uh, so, yeah, so they can expect that, and then as, uh, as things continue to expand and grow from there, um, uh, I would I would love to get something to where it's to where the momentum shifts to in, instead of uh, every month it'll be like every couple of weeks or and then you know every week. It's just that I've learned for me I don't want to burn myself out because I actually did that the first year and a half, first two years in the business because I was constantly like traveling and going over here and shooting with this person, collaborating with this person, uh, and it just it just burned me out. And I mean, hey. Hats off, <laughs> hats off to those guys and those women that um, that are like shooting every day. Because I know there's still people that are shooting every damn day, and you know, salute to them. But um, yeah, I need I need rest. <laughs> so you know, rest and recharge. But um, but yeah, uh, right now going forward, it'll be uh, it'll be every month, and then um, and then like I said, one size. Um, get other stuff situated and and um, and get that good momentum going. Uh, I like to get it out like every couple of weeks, and and that also helps uh, for me. I've realized when I when I put out content in the past, um, I, I learned a little bit of that algorithm, and what worked for for my audience was that when I was like putting out like there was like, a couple times when I was putting out um, like a, a couple new videos. Every every day or every other day for like a couple of weeks um, because of stuff that I had already in my 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 library so to speak my digital library and the audience didn't like that um, I, I realized I wasn't getting that much great feedback so I've learned again for me that kind of piecemeal it you know it's like it's like giving that build up giving that tease let them have this for you know however long they want to have that and then you know whereas you know the um, like you were saying, like the other websites, you know, like many business stuff like that. You know, people are constantly uploading stuff, but that's where I learned. I learned that on Twitter and um, on the other sites where uh, I was constantly loading stuff up. So now partnering with Yummy Girl Photo, uh, one of the things that we talked about because they've been in the business for for a good long while, so they were able to tell me like, hey, you know, you can announce you know, the release, you can announce this kind of like, you know, what they do in mainstream when they put out trailers, when they do this and like coming soon and stuff like that, instead of just dropping it all the time. Uh, and they would, they would even say like, they would look at certain content and they would say, you know, they would know when to drop some of Sophie's stuff, like on Valentine's Day, or they would drop it on Christmas or that, you know, they would have specials. So those things that I just was not thinking about in the beginning, because I was just like, oh, I got to hurt and get all this stuff out instead of just 
taking my time. So um, I think that's that's another thing that I, I've learned um, is give the, give the, the customers what they want, but also take my time and, and allow some buildup, and, and which also brings them on excitement. Absolutely. As the song goes, take your time, do it right. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So now it's time for the big question, a question that I'm sure a lot of the listeners and your fans might be curious to know. How much is Bobby Gray packing? <laughs> uh, good question. Um, I haven't measured it in so long. I would say uh, nine inches. Um, the girth, I definitely don't know. Um, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, a slim, like a slim cock type guy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, nine inches, and um, ladies love it. You know, I, I haven't had any complaints, so I'm, I'm thankful. <laughs> there you go. Now, do you do anything in particular for the pop shots? The pop shot is incredibly important in a scene. It's the money shot, as they call it in the industry. Do you do anything in particular to prepare for the pop when you have a scene to shoot? Um, not necessarily. Um, I, I, I used to read up on that. Um, that was part of like the homework I would give myself when I would um, study these other performers when I was coming up and especially coming up in the business uh, or learning about the business. Um, so I don't do anything too special. I mean, you know, work out, drink water, stay healthy, all that stuff. But when it comes to like actually now, you know, popping, because I, the funny thing is, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question. The funny thing is, most of my stuff um, that I've done were cream pies. Um, I think that's another thing that kind of makes me a little different in the sense is that, you know, very, let's say very rarely, but not as often as, 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 uh, as I guess I could do, um, do I do the, the pop shots. Um, because I'm just a cream pie type guy. I, I, I just... I love that. I guess that's also part of my sensuality um, and part of my energy and part of that Bobby Gray character. Um, but uh, that's something that I'll probably, you know, I'll probably have to put more emphasis on because you just now, you know, giving me some homework, which is, okay, going forward, you know, that's something that I should give to the audience, you know, which is, again, something like a teaser and an excitement and a buildup, which is a pop shot. Because I'm more of a cream pie type guy, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's in my that's in my toolkit. So duly noted. <laughs> Very nice. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Bobby Gray. Oh man, um, I am. I've been told I'm an old soul. Um, I think because of my Libra sign, because uh, something that a lot of people may not truly be aware of, um, they may see it, but they may not be very aware of is that Libra is the only sign in the zodiac that is not a human or an animal. It's mechanical. It's pretty much the um, it's pretty much the balance, um, the, the the sign that is responsible for the balance of all the other signs in the zodiac. And so I used to question myself, and I used to question life, period, when random people, not just family and friends, but 
especially just random people I would meet would just start just coming up to me and start one you know just uh, um, um, uh, what you call it revealing so much about themselves um, you know I had a guy a long time ago when I was taking a, a bus from college to go home see my see my mom my younger brother and I was waiting at the bus stop and this guy was listening to his headphones I was in my headphones and then he just looked over at me and just started asking me questions and talking to me and then he started telling me about how you know he was dying from cancer and but he felt the urge to talk to me to tell me to keep living life and listen to the music and um, you know keep doing what I'm supposed to do and uh, you know I've gone to Starbucks to go get you know go get some some food to go and I'm at the drive-thru and some girls telling me about how you know the guy that her friend is dating she's in love with him and he's in love with him. <laughs> Just all these things. So I would say one of the, the interesting things about me is that people, and not saying everybody, but it, it just happens. Um, people will come up um, randomly at times and just start talking to me and kind of um, like almost like a confessional in a sense or a venting, which is fine. Um, and I love that because it means that I'm, providing something that I have that purpose as well um, and I just you know I, I go with that flow uh, I would say kind of a, a nerdy thing about me is that I, I love comic books um, I kind of relate myself to certain characters and I think we all do at times you know um, um, some people relate themselves to Superman um, some people relate themselves to um, Black Widow or Iron Man, whatever it should be. I relate more to uh, a couple of characters. One is Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man, because of he's quiet to himself. He's not really the center of attention, and that's kind of how I am. And also Bruce Wayne, Batman. You know, I there are times when I I want to be in like that Batman mode where I just want to be left alone. I want to be in my bat cave. I just want to kind of just have that time to myself to, to kind of rediscover myself in that, in that darkness. Um, and then I would say one of the other weird things about me is that, um, uh, like how some, you know, some, some men will be like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm more like a lion or, you know, a bear, you know, that's like your spirit animal. And I think I have two spirit animals. I think one is the wolf, the lone wolf, and I think the other one is the jaguar because the jaguar is also one of the cats that stays to itself, doesn't want to be like a lion, it doesn't really care to socialize too much. It comes out, it's very regal, um, but at the same time it's not flaunting its beauty. You know, it just comes out, does what it's supposed to do, and it disappears. And people are fascinated by that. So, yeah, I would say those are the interesting things uh, about Bobby Gray. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Ooh. Um, <laughs> ah, Bobby Gray is Bobby Gray is a lover. Um, yeah. Bobby Gray is a is a lover with a big heart, and uh, I think I'll, I'll 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 leave that there for you know for anybody that wants to know more they can always ask me. But yeah, I'm a lover with a big heart. I like it. 
As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Ooh, goodness. Uh, let's see. So, Miami Vice, Jerry Seinfeld, um, Family Ties, um... Family Matters, and, oh, man, damn. Uh, and I would have to say the last one, uh, I'll say Friends. <laughs> Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Uh, Tupac Shakur, Bob Marley. Um, and the other two, I would have to say, um, George Michael, and mm, Michael Jackson. What are three of your most favorite films? Um, Braveheart, Malcolm X, Matrix. What are two foods you can't live without? Oh, steak. <laughs> uh, um, steak and uh, I'll throw pizza in there because they, they they both have their um, their their uh, purposes. <laughs> and what is one of your guilty pleasures? Oh. I would have to say e, uh, glazed donuts. <laughs> glazed donuts for sure, yeah. I, I stay away from those because that's, that's trouble. What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge-watching anything? Um, not currently. Uh, I, I was watching, um, I think I just finished up uh, The Boys, um, but I keep hearing about a show called The Last of Us. So oh, yes. I show my Yep. Yes. Very enjoyable. Uh, very intense. Okay. But very well acted, incredibly written. Uh, yeah. Uh, beautifully shot. It is not like, it, it's not what I thought it was going to end up being. And, and that's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Because you sort of, I mean, it's a post-apocalyptic kind of zombie world. And you expect it right. to sort of be... I don't know. You expect it to be one thing. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil. But you expect it to be one thing, right. but it turns out to be something completely different. Um, and, and it's fantastic. Yeah, very enjoyable. But very intense, I will say. Mm. Okay. Good, yes. good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. Okay. I should also mention that we podcasted about The Last of Us here on Poppy Chula Radio. Uh, shameless plug. Listeners, if you're interested, uh, you can download the Cordyceps Chronicles uh, wherever you download this podcast, pretty much. What's next for Bobby Gray? What can the listeners expect from you in the near future? What's coming up? Uh, so, yeah, so the shoot with uh, Casey Cole um, and Laura Cross. So, oh, and uh, another young lady, I think she's fairly new, Rachel Hunter. So those three are coming up in the works. Um, and then on 
Uh, and then, of course, any other shoots that come up uh, in between that, uh, before, after those. Um, because I'm, I'm, of course, talking with, uh, communicating with, um, with uh, other performers right now, but just a matter of scheduling. Um, and then outside of that, uh, looking at doing Spartan Race. I love Spartan Race. I've been doing that the last two years. Uh, the first time I did it was 2013. So that's just something that uh, also inspires me and keeps me motivated with, you know, working out and things of that nature. So um, so if anybody's ever at a Spartan Race, maybe I'll catch you at one of them. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as the various avenues that you use to release your content? It's time to give them all of your links. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so you can find me at, um, you can find me on Twitter, Bobby Gray XXX. Um, don't have the, the one right now for, um, for the Yummy Girl photo. Uh, when that comes out, I'll definitely post that onto, onto Twitter and let everybody know. And same thing with the Pornhub. Once I get all that approved, I'll have that link on there. Uh, Fansly, same thing. You can find me on Fansly, uh, Bobby Gray, uh, XXX. And then uh, same thing with uh, OnlyFans, Bobby Gray, XXX. So pretty much I, I kept it simple for everybody. So pretty much all Bobby Gray, XXX. Perfect. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? Thank you all so very much for your love and support that you've been giving me over these past three years. I, I so appreciate it, and I look forward to continuing to doing what I'm doing for y'all, uh, entertaining you all, uh, working with performers that you'd love to see me with, and, uh, and even surprising me with maybe performers that you didn't think that I would uh, shoot with. Um, so yeah, so, so thank you all so much. Thank you all for listening, and um, I appreciate it very, very much. And I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Bobby. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Bobby. I mean, uh, again, this, like you were saying, it's a long time coming, and uh, I am absolutely grateful. I'm humbled by it, uh, just by the fact that uh, that you wanted to interview me. So I am, <laughs> again, nothing but humbled, and I'm grateful. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for the questions that you asked, because I can definitely tell that you do take care and concern um, with the people that you're interviewing and that it shows that, that you are interested in the stories and the backstories and what's going on and also, you know, wanting to get it out there to, to the public as well. So I truly, truly appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm incredibly humbled by everything that you just said. Uh, that, that was incredibly kind of, of you to say, and uh, I'm very appreciative of you as well. I mean, you uh, have been so supportive pretty much from the beginning since we connected. Uh, we've been pretty much supportive of each other. So I'm glad that we finally had the chance to do this. And uh, I'm, I will say this to you, and it's not lip service. You know, whenever you want to come back and update the listeners on what you've been up to, you're more than welcome to come back. When the website drops, if you want to come back to chat about that, the door is open for more is basically what I'm saying. Uh, Awesome. Yes, I, I appreciate that so much, and I definitely will come back as many times as possible. I, I Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning in to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. 
For more information on one-on-one with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one-on-one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash poppychularadio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash poppychularadio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Bobby Gray and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night, listeners. Thanks for listening to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.